Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome podcast. Welcome to episode 53 of the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. I am absolutely jacked about this app and today's guest, Ryan Holiday. You probably already know who Ryan is. If not, Ryan is a best-selling author and a media strategist. One of his books, The Obstacle is the Way, is one of the very best books I have ever read and reread, and it is a go-to for a number of professional athletes and coaches. And he is back with a tremendous new book, Discipline is Destiny. One of my favorite authors, writing on one of my favorite topics and appearing on this pod to talk about it. You cannot beat that. So that's awesome. Now, before we get to this excellent conversation, I do want to share a few thoughts of my own about the importance of discipline. For instance, what is discipline really? It's doing what you know is right, doing those things that you do not want to do, but you know will bring you closer to who and what you want to become, and doing them over and over again. That is one of the very first things I learned as a much younger person, chasing success and looking to create separation from my peers and competition. And it's that successful people do the things that other people simply do not want to do, and they do them consistently. They get themselves to do things that they don't want to do, but know will increase the likelihood of success and self-actualization. It really is that simple, but per usual, simple but not easy. It really is true. It takes unbelievable discipline to be disciplined. That's why so many people are undisciplined, because it's hard, because they don't want to do the work. They're looking for the path of least resistance. Great. Better for the rest of us who are willing to pay the price. This is what makes discipline so powerful if you have it. If you have true daily discipline in all things, it's actually the most powerful thing in the world. And it's a way to get true separation if you're truly committed to it. And it's one of the biggest keys to becoming who and what you want to be through discipline. And by the way, It's what's fueling my reinvention and my transformation. Straight up, hardcore discipline. And it's the very thing that got me into this business and fueled me over the past three decades plus. Now, I've shared this before, but I do think that it bears repeating, especially right now, especially for some of our younger listeners who might be getting ready to enter college or maybe preparing to enter the workforce. But when I was in college and when I got out and I got into the broadcast business, I had a process. I had a strategy. Best of all, though, I was brutally honest with myself, brutally honest about where I was strong and where I wasn't. Brutally honest in that I could detach and analyze who and what I was and what I was not. My advantage was I was honest enough with myself to know that I really didn't have any advantage, not as it related to my chosen field of work. So I had real conversations with myself and I used to ask myself, how are you different? 
Why you? Instead of the thousands and thousands of others who are chasing exactly what you're chasing or already have it and will do anything they can to hold on to it. Why you, Rome? How are you different? What is your separation? And I was honest enough with myself to know I really wasn't that unique. I really wasn't that different. So where was I going to get separation? How was I going to distinguish myself? So I developed a strategy and a process. And that strategy and process involved spending blocks of time working on a show format and a show philosophy and a brand, a way to create and produce content that was different than how it was always done in the past. But while I was working on show concepts and what my brand would be, I spent equal amounts of time working on myself. Again, let me repeat that. I spent as much time working on myself as I did my content. And in so doing, it became pretty clear to me. I was not necessarily smarter or sharper, or more talented, or more gifted than those that I was competing with, so I had to figure out a way to get my edge. I had to figure out a way to get separation. But where? How? Wait for it. Discipline. In deciding exactly what I wanted, and always doing the thing that would move me towards that goal and that life, that was going to be my edge. There was separation and power in that because most people don't want that. They want the life, of course, but they don't want the work and the discipline necessary to get and keep that life. Most just do not want to pay that price. I knew this. So not only did I know that that would give me an edge and give me separation, I made that my calling card. That was the thing that I could control. That was one area where I could create separation. First one in, last one out. Hardest worker in the room. Never give in and have that discipline to get up early and go hard all day Every day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And you know what? I'm still doing it 30 plus years in every damn day. Listen, I wish I had something sexier to tell you, but I don't. Discipline isn't sexy, but it's critical and it's powerful and it will get you where you want to go, but only if you apply it to all things every day all day, and not only when you feel like it, and not only when it's convenient. Discipline is not a part-time thing or a strategy you apply only when you feel like it. That's not how that works. Discipline doesn't work if you only apply it when you feel like it. I learned this pretty early on. When I was in college, when everybody did everything they could to get out of having those early morning classes that started at 8 a.m., I secured an internship at a news talk radio station where I had to be at work at 5 a.m., which meant getting up at 4.15 a.m. Oh, and one more thing. I wasn't paid for it. I did it for free. I would show up for work at 5 a.m. for free, work a few hours at that station, and then return to school and hit my early morning classes. And I did it 
because chasing my mission and my obsession was my drug. I did it because I knew that nobody else was doing it, and that in and of itself made me feel incredible. It gave me energy. It gave me confidence because I knew I was creating distance, and I was getting tougher mentally and more disciplined because I was doing things that I knew that nobody else wanted to do. Again, a roommate said to me at that time, dude, we would have never asked you to live with us if we knew that you were never going to be here. Fair enough. But I was coming at it from a totally different place. Getting up at 4.15 a.m. while in college to work a non-paying job or missing out on some raging party on a Saturday night so I could work at the campus radio station again for free did not seem like a sacrifice to me at all. In fact, it felt great because I knew I was getting ahead. I knew I was creating separation. I knew I was becoming more disciplined. Even to this very day, my wife Janet likes to say, Jimmy, yes, she and a few others still Jimmy me, Jimmy has never gone out during the week Ever, unless it's business related, and I and the kids know this. He's worked every night for like the last three plus decades, and while we know that most families do not operate like this, he always has, and we're thankful for the life it's afforded us and the lessons it has taught. In other words, discipline is not only not a bad thing, it is actually the very best thing. And I would not be where I am or having this conversation with you or the one that I had with Ryan Holiday if I did not have discipline. Those are some of my thoughts on the subject. I felt pretty strongly about that, as you can tell. Now I want to get you Ryan Holiday's because he is a prolific writer and thinker, and I cannot wait to share this conversation with you. It is episode 53 of The Reinvention Project with guest Ryan Holiday, and it's coming at you right now. So, Ryan, always incredible to get caught up with you, especially with the release of your new book, which deals with one of my favorite topics of all, Discipline, specifically titled Discipline is Destiny, The Power of Self-Control. The book is out September 27th. Ryan, first things first, how are you? How is life? I'm doing great. Life is very, very good. Good. So I love the topic. Let's jump right into it. Again, the book is entitled Discipline is Destiny. Why don't we start right there? Explain that. How is discipline destiny? Well, I think it works in in two senses. So first off, there's nothing great or impressive or worth doing in this life that does not require some level of of discipline. But I, I would argue that that discipline makes whatever it is that you're doing great. So it's not just discipline is this sort of means to an end, but discipline is in fact why you were here, what you were meant for, and it is greatness itself. Say, small business owners, listen up. You may have overpaid on your payroll taxes during COVID. Now, for years, big businesses have benefited from government tax credits. Now it is your turn to reap the benefits. If you employed five to 500 employees and you paid payroll taxes during COVID, you may be eligible for an employee tax credit refund of up to $26,000 per employee. To find out if you do qualify, call Omega Accounting Solutions right now. Trusted advice. 
advisors and champions for America's small businesses. Omega has perfected a turnkey ERC process, so much so they can tell you if you qualify for the ERC in 10 minutes or less. It's a quick and easy, painless process. Omega is highly rated by the Better Business Bureau and tax experts alike. In fact, tax advisors even turn to Omega for ERC advice. And since this exclusive tax credit will not be around forever, you want to make sure you pick up the phone and chat with a seasoned advisor. It's not too late to file. Get the money that the government owes you before the filing window closes or funds run out. Talk to an Omega expert right now by calling 800-704-2000 or go to omegataxcredits.com. All right, so Ryan, what if, and somebody listening might say, and I agree with you, but what if somebody listening might say, I'm not disciplined. I'm just not disciplined. I never have been. I don't even know what it is. Where do they start and how would you respond to that? I think there's a lot of places to start, but I think you start with the basics. Like what time do you wake up in the morning? What does your routine look like, right? How do you how do you start your day? How do you tackle problems? You know, How do you set things up in your sort of, physical environment, right? Like, look, it's it's hard to be disciplined. It's hard to be disciplined when your office is a mess, you're eating like crap, you're not sleeping well. So we can start by just, you know, being a little bit more disciplined about these little things in our life. And I, I, we, I tend to find that discipline uh, carries a kind of momentum for uh, with it. And that, that discipline is a muscle. The more you build it, the easier it is to be disciplined in the bigger things. All right. So now this book is an amazing book and there's so many things in this. I digress for just one reason or one moment because, and obviously th- this is about this book. I really cannot wait to talk to you about this, but Jocko Willink, I thought, wrote also a great book, Discipline Equals yes. Freedom. And I really want your thoughts on this, Ryan, because he said that he is vehemently opposed to this notion that discipline is finite, that the more you use it, the more likely it is that you run out of it. He said it's not true. Discipline begets discipline, and it actually gets stronger. Where do you come out on that? Is it is it something you run out of, or is that not possible? No, I think he's he's totally right. It's a It's a muscle that you build. It's a supply that you can build. I think by being disciplined in the little things, let's take it this way, having a physical discipline practice, like you work out, you run, you swim, you do something that challenges you physically. I think you then find sort of mentally, spiritually, that you learn something about yourself in doing that. And that allows you to be more disciplined, more confident, stronger in the other kinds of adversity or difficult situations you find yourself in life. So yes, absolutely agree. You build it, and uh, and Jocko's, of course, one one of the one of the goats. He is one of the goats. I would argue the same about you. I, I totally agree with what you just said. Now there are a few other things from the book that I'm really curious about. Like, well, actually, you just touched on this. You write about the need to attack the dawn. What does it mean to attack the dawn, and why is that so critical? I think so many people start the day on the back foot. I'm I'm not saying you have to wake up at 4 a.m. like Jocko, but I do think you need to wake up intentionally, uh, ideally early, and you need to wake up uh, deciding what you're going to do that day, not letting whatever has already happened or is about to happen 
determine the tenor and structure and decisions that you make. So obviously the biggest place that the people make this mistake is they wake up, right? The alarm goes off next to the, uh, the bed, which isn't an alarm anymore. It's actually their smartphone. And then as they turn off the alarm and their smartphone, the first thing they are seeing is the number of unread emails they have, the texts that have come in, the alerts on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and whatever other apps they, they, they use on a regular basis. And that, whether there's a lot of those or none of them, whether they're positive or negative, this is then deciding what that person is going to do that day, whether they're happy or sad, productive or unproductive, focused or unfocused. And that, that what you do in the day is just too important to allow yourself to be reactive. So one of my rules is like, I don't use my phone for the first one hour that I'm awake. Uh, I use that time. I spend it with my family. I go outside. I do stuff. Uh, I'm not, you know, looking for fires to put out. So I would imagine then, since you don't look at your phone for the first hour that you're awake, you probably don't sleep with your phone in your room either, do you? No, I, I not only because I don't want to use it first thing, but I don't want to wake up and have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and find myself getting sucked in. I think anyone that's ever checked their phone at three in the morning has struggled to go back to sleep. And I think sleep is too important to allow the infiniteness of what is on these devices to be a temptation there. It's just not a good idea. Yes, sir. I love that sound. That sound always makes me smile because that is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start run and grow your business. Let me talk to you about Shopify. It allows entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big business. That way, upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. They can synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Listen, scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. You know this. Believe me, when this podcast started, we were way back here and now we're up here because success is a million milestones on a forever evolving path. And I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business, any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. So reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. You've got to be there. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Do this. Go to shopify.com slash Rome, all lowercase R-O-M-E, and get a free 14-day trial and find out for yourself. Get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E, all lowercase. Do it right now. Again, shopify.com slash Rome. See, I, I, I would never, I, I do, by the way, sleep with my phone next to my bed, and I understand what you're saying, but you know, in full transparency, I do do that, but I never, ever, ever look at it when I wake up in the middle of the night, and I wake up in the middle of the night quite a bit. In fact, let me ask you, Ryan, how do you sleep? Is sleep an issue for you, or do you sleep really well most nights? I sleep okay. I've got two kids. Uh, I started the pandemic with two kids under four. So mm. I, I'm just now coming out of the other side of like, you know, not sleeping for several years. So it, it's getting a little bit better. But um, I, I try to, I, I, one of the things I think about with discipline is like, where are possible traps, temptations, etc. So 
even if I don't often check my phone, you know, next to the bed, I don't want it there. You know, even if this doesn't always affect my sleep, I don't want it. So I, I try to, I try to protect that bubble of sleep. And I'm one of those people that needs, you know, seven, eight hours or, or I'm a zombie. Uh, I wish I could function on less, but I've just found that I haven't. And, and you have to be disciplined about that. You know, you have to have like almost a sleep discipline. Uh, when I talk about waking up early, right? When Jocko talks about waking up at 4 a.m., he's not going to bed at midnight, right? Like you've got to, waking up early, attacking the dawn is important, but only if you have some discipline and routine around the end of the day as well. I so agree with that. In fact, I would say the thing that's tougher than getting up really early is going to bed early. There's a discipline involved with that. And to your point about the phone, like, you know, I just don't want it in my room because then I'm not tempted. Of course, I would say the same thing about all the bullshit, Ryan, that's in the pantry. If it's not there, I will not leave my house. I've said this before. I will not get in my car to go find that crap. But if it's in the pantry, I know where it is and I'll probably make my way to that crap. So you're right. Remove the temptation. Now, Ryan, you have lots of rules, lots of rules. Here's another one. Do the hard thing first. Why is that so critical to do something hard early in the morning? Well, like as a writer, if you're if if it's possible to have an excuse to not do it, you'll not do it. Right. So if you're one of those people that says, well, you know, I, I have this breakfast meeting and then I was going to record this interview and then I needed to run across town to do an errand, et cetera. Uh, and then I'll, I'll I'll write after that. You're just admitting that you're not going to write, right? You you've created a series of excuses, a, a series of opportunities for interruptions to derail you. So I think one of the things you want to think about is like, what is the important thing in your life, in your work that only you can do? What's the hard problem you have to crack? And you want to front load that in your day as much as possible, right? I don't do it two seconds after I wake up, but I don't come into work and then go. Well, what are all the things I want to do? I'll do those first, and then I'll get around to the hard thing. Because again, you won't, right? You won't. Uh, Stephen Pressfield says this amazingly. He says, no one says, I'm never going to do it. You say, I'm going to do it tomorrow, right? And so again, you want to limit your ability to do that by creating rules or systems or a routine that says, I cross the hard thing off early, and then the rest of the day is gravy for their working out can be a great thing like that in the morning too. The reason CEOs wake up at you know 5 a.m. and get to the gym is that they can't cut out from the office at 2 p.m. and go work out because a bunch of stuff will be happening. So by crossing it off early, doing the hard thing first, they're ensuring that it will happen. You know, it's interesting, right? That whole notion of people don't say, I will never get to it. I'll just do it tomorrow, but if you keep saying I'll do it tomorrow, then you actually never get to it or it could happen. Let me sidebar for you about writing. You mentioned writing and what a writer might say. You know, when you talk about goats, I don't know where you come out on this guy, but I talked to Buzz Bissinger last week, who I'm fascinated by. I think he's amazing, but we talked about the discipline of writing. And I said, hey, Buzz, you know, it seemed to me because you won a Pulitzer Prize and you wrote one of the great books of all time in Friday Night Lights that most would just assume it must be so easy. It must be just a natural thing for you to do. And he said, nothing is further from the truth. You said recently, Ryan, I think this is really interesting, quote, it never gets easier. The writing line is your last book won't write your next one. End of quote. I think that's a great, great great line. Let me ask you, does that mentality or that notion, does that apply to all professions? I think so. You know, Jeff Bezos's model at Amazon uh, was that it's it's always day one, 
right? Like that you're not too far gone. Things aren't too established. You aren't taking it easy that you're always, you know, the upstart trying to prove yourself that things are always, you know, sort of up in the air and you're making it uh, as you go. With books, it's it, it's not just that your last book won't write your next one. It's that you're always starting with the the blank page. Like you've you've finished a sentence and now you have to write the next one. And the fact that you were doing good, that you have done good, that people have liked what you've done before, you know, it doesn't change the fact that uh, the task in front of you is the same and is difficult. Just like you know, your last three pointer doesn't make your next one. It can give you some confidence. Right. It can give you some proof that you can do it, but it's still hard. It's still do it. You know, Tom Brady goes into this season. Yeah, he's had a lot of seasons behind him, but every game is hard. Right. And uh, every play is hard. And and you if you think you can get by coasting or on, you know, only a you know, partial commitment, that's that's when, uh, you know, the game or the craft really humbles you. I agree with you, Ryan. I've always approached my show that way because we do five shows a week, you know, not to mention all the stuff off the air and all the other podcasts, but even as a radio show slash TV show, and I've done thousands and thousands and thousands, we go back to zero every single day, right? Like the show is done, and no matter how good or bad that show is, there's another show the next day. So I do always try and approach that as kind of a day one mentality, or we go back to zero, and it's the same kind of mindset. You know, you write also in the book about the need to quit being a slave. Quit being a slave to what? To anything. Seneca, he goes, show me somebody who isn't a slave. He's like, this guy's a slave to work. This guy's a slave to what other people think of him. He's like, this guy's a slave to his mistress. He says, even this, you know, and obviously this is going back to a time where slavery wasn't this abstract idea, but a, a, a terrible reality. He says, even these slave owners are slaves to their slaves, right? And the idea for the Stokes is this sort of instinctive recoil at anything that has power over you, uh, whatever that is. And so that to me, that's like the phone, like part of the routine in the morning is to go like, do I use the phone or is the phone using me? Right. It, it, I tell the story in the book of Richard Feynman, you know, probably the greatest physicist ever, you know, he's just walking along one day and he feels in the, it's like 10 a.m. He feels this pull to have a drink. And he doesn't have a drinking problem. He doesn't come from a long line of drunks. But just the, that idea that his body was saying, you need to do this right now out of nowhere to get this external thing, this thing that he doesn't actually need, uh, you know, that that really, uh, to, to pardon the play on words, that really sobers him up, right? He goes, I don't want anything like that in my life. And so, you know, I try to just have uh, a general skepticism to anything that like, I can't decide not to do. And when that happens, then I really have to decide not to do that thing anymore. I love that. Do not be a slave to quote anything that has power over you. Ryan, I would say this, that as prolific an author and writer as you are, you have become a prolific tweeter as well. As an example, another tweet, quote, winning is not enough. People can get lucky and win. People can be assholes and win. Anyone can win. Now, without giving away the rest of the tweet, let me ask you this. If winning in and of itself is not the goal, Ryan, what is? I mean, to me, I find it much more impressive when someone is great at what they do and a decent, normal, well-adjusted person, right? When they 
they can function in society. There's a, a writing term they use, they call them art monsters. So these are people who are really good at their craft, but you know, it's, it's like consumed them and they're cruel to their spouse. You know, they're bullies. They're a complete and total mess. They're, they're, they're unbalanced. And I, to me, discipline is another way to talk about discipline is balance. Right. And so I'm more impressed, and I'm sure you've had a number of these athletes uh, on the show. You know, there are, of course, the Michael Jordans of the world, and you look at their extreme athletic greatness. But then you have someone come in, and maybe they've won three or four rings, and you're like, and this is still a normal, regular person. To me, I go, this is a far rarer bird uh, than someone who's just won a lot or made a lot of money or is very famous or written a lot of hit, hit songs. I, I am impressed by and strive to be like the people who are truly great at what they do and manage to have, you know, sort of two feet planted on, on, on earth. Hmm. So, you know, we can talk and there's still a lot more to this in the book about discipline and other forms thereof. But if discipline, Ryan, is one of the best predictors of the trajectory of our lives, what are some of the others? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, so I'm in the middle of this series now. Discipline is one of what you would call the core cardinal virtues of Stoicism. So courage, self-discipline, justice, and wisdom. And I, and I feel like uh, those four ideas, it's, it's hard to find someone that's truly amazing, world-class, admirable, you know, accomplished, etc., uh, like a hero, someone you would hold up as a hero that does not embody not just one of those four traits, but all of those four traits. And in fact, it's usually the downfall of that person or the shame of that person to find out they're deficient in one of those traits, right? Someone super disciplined, but, you know, it turns out they're cruel or abuser, uh, or it turns out they're, you know... <laughs> not very bright, or it turns out that they're very selfish and, uh, you know, uh, cowardly, right? So to me, those cardinal virtues are the predictors of and kind of the, the bedrock of a, of a good life. All right. So you're constantly evolving. You're constantly trying to learn new things. I'm curious, like, give me a thing or two that you wish you knew when you were 20 that you now know. Oh, that's a good question. I think when I, when I think about my 20s, I, I, if I could go back and tell myself anything at 20, it'd be like, relax, this thing that you think matters does not matter nearly as much as you think it does, which isn't to say that discipline is important. You shouldn't be dedicated, but you know, you, you, because you have so much less experience, every single thing takes on more significance than it's probably deserving of. So, you know, I just think about the things that I held on to, the things I got upset about, the things I freaked out about and, and I can't even think about what they are because I don't even remember them, right? And I wish I could give myself some of that perspective now, not all of it, because if you truly didn't care and you were just, you know, go with the flow, you probably wouldn't do much. But I, but I do wish I could have a, a bit more perspective, uh, the, the perspective that I have now, I wish I could give myself that then. 
I agree with that so much. You know, we talk about that athletically, and athletes always talk about, you know, there's this point in time. I think that I've heard this from a number of guys, Ryan, but I think Howie Long back in the day made the best analogy that there's certain things that you can do physically when you're a young athlete, but mentally you don't understand yet. And as you get older and older and older, and you get more and more experience, then mentally you're at this place, but you no longer have the physical capability to keep sure. up with the mental. It's when the two elevators pass at the same exact point that what your your peak. So I think that makes sense. You know, when you say that, listen, if we coast, we're really not going to accomplish anything great. However, I love this too. You also write, we need to be hard on ourselves and to be our own tyrant. So what what do you mean by that? And why is that so critical? Well, you do have to hold yourself to high standards, right? Uh, you have to sweat the small stuff. You have to push yourself. You can't be complacent. You, you have to drive yourself to your standards, right? You have to have that inner scorecard that's higher than you know what anyone else is willing to accept. That's how you. That's how you break through barriers. That's how you do things that haven't been done before. I will say, I, I kind of feel like the highest form of discipline, though, and Mark Surrealis talks about this in meditations. It's it, it's the 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 ability to simultaneously be a tyrant to on yourself, and then tolerant of flexible with and forgiving of other people right uh greats uh, really struggle with this kobe bryant being a great example you know it's he struggles with the idea that like not everyone is kobe bryant and not everyone wants to be kobe bryant and not everyone can handle what kobe bryant can handle so my, my favorite line from mark surrealist he says uh tolerant with others strict with yourself and so discipline isn't just right this set of rigid rules that you enforce on the world. That's not fair. It's called self-discipline, right? That's really what we're talking about. So can you be really strict with yourself and then understand that, you know, you can't make other people do anything and it's not fair for you to be disappointed or judgmental of them just because they're not you. I know how strongly you feel about that line. I was going to ask you about that line and I know how strongly you feel about that and how important that is in the book. You know, you also had tweeted, and again, I'm not just taking things from Twitter, but you read very well. Your Twitter line, your your Twitter form is really, really strong these days. You wrote, you. Ryan, design your ideal day. I'm really curious, what should our ideal day look like? Is it different person by person, or is it kind of universal? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I, I don't think there is an ideal... I, an ideal day for everyone, but I do think that we each have an ideal day. And when I think about what success is, uh, to me, success is how close to your day, or to your dream life is your day to day, right? Uh, and when I, sometimes I'll talk to really you know successful, powerful people and they'll be like, well, I got, I really like to talk to you, but I've got three minutes free today. Right. And I go, that doesn't sound like success or very much fun. Right. Because to me, the ideal day has a lot of autonomy in it. Now, maybe it, it doesn't for them. I'd, I'd probably argue that autonomy is a pretty universal idea. But to, to me, the idea is not to defer some version of your life to the distant, distant future. Right. Uh, but it's to try to set up a life that gets the best out of you today, that is also as close to how you want to live today. Uh, and, and I think it, it, it's incumbent on each of us to figure out what that is by trial and error uh, and not to, to just do what everyone else is doing because we think that's what 
uh, the ideal day should be. I don't know. Setting aside three minutes to talk to somebody you really want to talk to seems less than ideal to me, but to, to, to each their own. Which brings me to this next point. Like You talk about the importance of hustle. Is that not something you hear all the time? Hustle, hustle, hustle. You got to have their hustle. Very popular term these days, hustle. You got to yeah. hustle. How, Ryan, how would you define hustle? When you write about the importance of hustle, what do you mean? Of course, hustle hustle is important. If you don't work hard, if you don't, you know, chase down ground balls, if you don't, uh, you know, put the work in, you're probably not going to be very successful at what you do. But hustle in and of itself isn't uh, as magical, I guess, as people think it is. There's a, a great Latin expression, festina lente, which is basically make haste slowly. So I struggle with this, like speed is important to me, finishing stuff is important to me. But if I going quickly and trying to finish stuff, I end up having to go back and fix it because I was sloppy or I made a mistake, you know, how fast was I really? So there, there, when we, again, we talk about balance, it's really about, you know, doing things as quickly as possible, as well as possible. And that sort of middle ground gets you to what sort of real hustle should look like. All right. So before I let you go, and we've covered so much ground already. Here's another one I really like from the book. Just be about the work. Now, I don't want people to misinterpret that, like be only about the work, but just be about the work. What does that mean? And if you're just about the work as opposed to what? Yeah. When we say just be about the work, this doesn't mean you become, you know, one of those football coaches that has no personal life, their health suffers, all they think about is football. What we're talking about is this really important distinction between the work and the results right? Actually loving the process of it, the craft of it, the doing of it, uh, detaching a little bit in that sort of Zen way from the externals. The Stokes would say, you know, we control what we put in. We don't control what comes out. And so, you know, as a writer, I've got this book, it comes out at the end of the month. I'm thinking, did I do my absolute best? Did I hustle as hard as I could? Did I challenge myself as much as I could? Did I work as hard as I could? And if the answer to those questions is yes, does, did it do what I set out to do, then how many copies it sells, where it falls on the bestseller list, what people like you think of it, that's all well and good and I appreciate it, but it doesn't have the power to, to tell me whether I was a success or not because I already did what I set out to do. So if you can be all about that, like, that's what matters. Like what matters is, did you connect with the ball? Like, did you swing at the right time at the right pitch and connect with the ball? If someone grabs it right as it's going over the fence, you know, that's not on you. You got to be able to live with that. Yeah. See, that to me is the win. If you did everything you possibly could without compromising yourself or the quality of your life, but you know, you did everything you possibly could and you stayed within the process. That's the win, which brings me to one of my last points, the process being the process. You spend enough time now around coaches and professional teams, college teams, you know, how important the process is to all of them. I've even heard you talk about it. Like the process is so important, not only in the day to day, but when things get really tough, you need to rely on the process to get you through those challenging times again though ryan i get i get so caught up in just talking about these terms and these themes and then we don't explain what they are or how they actually work if somebody does not have a process how do they create a process where do you start to have a process you know it's funny as i was sitting down and starting this book uh late last summer no early last summer 
I had been intimidated by it for a long time. And I, I really, uh, I, really, why, yeah, I, why, why this I, book? Well, I was writing about, I, originally the book was about this idea of temperance, which is related to self-discipline, but I, I just didn't quite have a beat on it. And, and quite frankly, man, I was just tired. I, you know, I've been doing a lot of books, the pandemic happened. I just put out this other book, you know, I was just tired. And, and I, so I was a little, con I was more than a little concerned. I was worried that it wasn't going to happen. And I was sitting down, I was going through the note cards. I do all my research on these note cards and I'm just going through the cards one day and I find a note card that I wrote to myself and it said, just follow the process. It may not seem like the book is there, but if you follow the process, when you sit down and go through these note cards, you will find the book. Now, I have no idea when I wrote this, why I wrote this, or how the heck I could know that I would need it at that very moment. But it was totally right. And, and what I had to do was show up every day, continue to, to think and make time, but most of all, just review the materials to, to go over it, you know, follow my process, which is this sort of research methodology that I have, and trust that if I did it long enough that I didn't get distracted, I didn't lose heart, I didn't focus on whether it was happening or not, if I just showed up and did it, eventually it would become clear. And it did become clear. And that that is how the process works. You think about a, a GM that's trying to turn a franchise around. You know, there's not one day where that happens. It's a process of showing up, looking at all the different variables inside the organization and chipping away at those problems, recruiting better, hiring better, coaching better, you know, uh, marketing better. It's all the things that you end up having to do. And slowly and surely you get there. There's a line from Zeno, one of the founders of Stoicism. He says, well-being is realized by small steps, but it's no small thing. To me, mm. that's the perfect embodiment of the process. It's, it's small and not that exciting, but it creates something enormous and very compelling if you stay at it. Mm. And there is a discipline to, quote, trusting the process. As a sure. quick follow to what you just said, I because I think we've all been there. I know I've been there. I'm actually here still. But this notion of, man, I was just tired. I was just tired. Yeah. I'd done so many things. I'd worked on other books. And then I was kind of fretting this one a little bit because I wasn't sure. But, quote, I was tired. How did you beat back that fatigue? What changes did you make? Is it just a matter of trusting the process? Or how do we get back to that rejuvenated, refreshed state so we can attack the process? Well, I think, you know, rest is an important part of discipline, too. You could argue that, uh, you know, Greg Popovich's greatest innovation in the NBA is the concept of load management. Might not be great for the fans in the short term, but it's great for the athletes in the game in the long term. The, the idea that, you know, you can't just always push harder and harder. Sometimes you have to rest. Part of trusting the process is trusting that it's going to take longer than you want it to take, right? Uh, and and so, so part of it for me was slowing down, not pushing myself, realizing that it's going to take how long it's going to take. I don't get to determine when it's done. And, uh, you know, taking care of myself, as you were saying, you know, uh, is an important part, you know, mentally and physically. Sometimes... Some of the best things you can do when you're burned out is find, you know, something else productive and therapeutic and, you know, sort of energizing to put yourself into, you know, get back on track a little bit and bring it back to what you're doing.
But like slow is smooth and smooth is fast, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's really quickly? What running? You're a huge runner. Does that is that purely for physical reasons? Does that help your creative process? And if so, how? I don't know if I'd say I'm a huge runner, but I do. I, I am a runner, and it is a both a a place of relief, relief, and a place to recharge for me. And I would argue that uh, the benefits are primarily not physical, right? The benefits are the ideas that I have, getting outside, getting sunlight, you know, experiencing the outside world, uh, not looking at a screen, you know, all, all of these things help me clear my head, you know, get my body moving, keep, keep in shape. Uh, so then when I go back and I have to sit in a chair all day, you know, I'm, I'm not actually a sedentary person. Another exceptional Ryan Holiday conversation. Ryan, the book, Discipline is Destiny, is just tremendous. I would imagine if our listeners want to get it, they would get it wherever they get their books. Is that the case? Or should we direct them someplace else? Uh, We've got some pre-order, some cool bonuses. If you go to dailystoic.com slash pre-order. But yeah, pick up the book anywhere books are sold in whatever format you like. And uh, I appreciate the support. And really quickly, before you go, I want to make sure that they know also you are creating tremendous content, various forms of content to help individuals and companies. What is the best way for people listening right now to access all of your content and everything you have to offer? Oh, that's so nice. Uh, I would say dailystoic.com slash email is the free stoicism email that we do every single day. It's one thought, one idea, you know, sort of one uh, rabbit hole to go down every day. And, and we link to all the other forms of content, whether it's YouTube videos or TikToks or Instagram reels or tweets, all that's there. But I think dailystoic.com is a place to start. Brian, how many subscribers do you have now? It's 500,000 people every morning. My man. Unbelievable. Good for you. Ryan, I really do appreciate all the time that you spent today. That was above and beyond. I appreciate the friendship and it's so good to get caught up with you. And congratulations on a great new book. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You, you do the best prep of anyone I talk to. No one better than Ryan Holiday. And I'm thrilled that he made that much time for that conversation and that I could share that with you. And I hope that you got as much out of that as I did. Again, as part of my reinvention and transformation, I'm extremely motivated to innovate and evolve and learn and try different things. After all, quote, What got you here won't get you there. I get that. But that said, some of the things, standards, and principles that got me here will get me there as well. And discipline is at the very top of that list. Again, not an original thought, but how you do anything is how you do everything. To which I would add, you best do everything with discipline. Or, as the legend Jocko Willink likes to say, daily unmitigated discipline in all things or as Jim Rome likes to say and it must be important or I wouldn't third person myself discipline is resisting temptation impulse and giving into the emotion or feelings that you have at any given moment because you know that moment's going to pass as long as you don't give into it and it's about doing what you know needs to be done no matter how much you do not want to do it 
It's staying on the path and living and doing those things that are consistent with building and living the life that you want to live, consistent with the mission you're on. And it's you against you. Personally, I know that when I give in to impulse or emotion or health, the pantry, I feel like hell after I do it. And when I don't, and I fight the moment, and then the moment passes, then I've banked another win. I'm still on the path. I'm still focused. I'm still knocking down targets. I'm still gaining momentum and moving towards who and what I want to be. I'm acting in accordance with my mission, my mission of reinvention. In short, Discipline is fueling that mission. Discipline is fueling everything. And a lack of discipline blows it all up. And always falling off the path, resetting, and then getting back on becomes exhausting over time. I'm not saying you have to win every single battle with yourself, but with discipline. Real discipline, you will win a lot more than you lose because discipline wins. Not only is it not the worst thing ever, it is the best thing ever, and none of us can ever be who or what we want to be without it, unless your goal is to be undisciplined and unfulfilled. As always, thank you so very much for making time to listen to this episode and this podcast. It means everything to me, and if you are getting something out of it, please subscribe, leave a review, and share with somebody who you think might benefit from it. And again, my thanks to Ryan Holiday for spending so much time with us, and do make sure you get his new book. It's great. Discipline is Destiny. You have a tremendous week, and I will see you next time right here on The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.